from the beginning of this year. Lord, we bless your holy name. Thank God for what God did among us over the past three days. Especially yesterday night. Thank God for his visitation. Our God and King, we exalt and magnify your holy name. No wonder he makes all things new. We bless you, Lord. In Jesus' holy name we have worshipped. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. To trust and obey. Not a Until on the altar we live. 
children can go to their classes. They have already, it's opposite Sunday, so their teachers sit with them. It's very good that this, I even forgot that this is Sunday because we have not been observing it here. We have left it for branch churches. I can hear headquarters is talking. You know, because on Apostle Sunday, what we are really supposed to do is to sit down and hear the Apostle speak. One of the tapes that I have taught. So that I can sit with you too and hear that Apostle speaking. So we'll begin to implement that from next month. But at the same time too, I think it is, it is quite synonymous that God visited us the first, second and third, especially yesterday. A visitation like we had yesterday, God will always do that when God is about to do something that is great. So that the heart of people can be prepared for what he's about to do. It was an awesome visitation yesterday night. Awesome visitation yesterday night. I saw in my vision a cloud like a sheet fell upon the people. And I told you, but no wonder God began to speak to us from the book of Revelations, chapter 2. It says to the angel of the church in Ephesus, write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walk among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men. That you have tested those who claim to be apostles. But are not. And have found them false. You have persevered. And have endured hardship for my name. And have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. 
If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You have you have you, you hate the practices of the Nicolaitan, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. This is the message the Lord sent to us yesterday. And we went extensively yesterday into looking at the, each context of this very scripture. But it's very, very clear what God is trying to communicate to us. This is the letter of Jesus Christ to the church of Ephesus. Now, there's something I want to understand. Jesus had died. He has ascended to heaven. He has no reason to come back. But if you look at how about he died and ascended and sat at the right hand of God, what made Christ to come again and reveal to John was because what he left was being derailed. The people he left, they enjoyed the power, they enjoyed the flavor, they enjoyed the auction, zeal born in them, they were moving all together. And after a few years, something began to happen. Now, what began to happen called for Christ's attention to come again and appear to John in the other of Patmos and instruct him on these things for not just the church now, but for the churches in the future. And when we talk about church, we talk about Christians. Now, something that you will recognize in this place, because um, as, um, you know, we have went to details yesterday, one of the things that you will recognize in this is that this sort of efficiency, the Bible says, God said they were people of great deed. There are seven things that, you know, Jesus commended them for. One, very fiery people. They were people of great deed. They did a lot. They, they were hard workers. Alright? And there are people who persevered. They were never in the haste with God. They were so matured that in, in trial they persevere. In waiting for God's promises they persevere. They can weather the storm. And then he says also, number four, no compromise with wicked men or false apostles. They never compromise with wicked men. Never will they compromise with false apostles. If you look at this church, I've been teaching you quite a few things over the past three months. And um, it seems as if God was dealing with our heart. And one of the things that God emphatically continued to repeat is that don't associate with your, don't associate yourself with people who will shipwreck you. That is one of the things that God has been emphatically talking about. That if you have a friend that anytime he comes to your house or anytime you meet him, he's always talking uh, against other people, you know, backbiting and talking on godly things. And also, you know that Satan has had that person and is looking for you. If it's your best friend, I told you to cut him off. 
You know, if you can close your eyes, that's what they used to do to run when we were young. Close your eyes for one, one second. Who do you see? Nobody. That is what it should be of you when you're dead. Dead kill young man. He kill young children. He kill newly wedded. He kill somebody waiting to be wedded. He killed the woman who is giving birth. He killed the one who has children. Death killed the old. He killed the young. So nobody is death proof. And nobody can determine when he will go. Alright? The time God gave you in the church is just the little time that will determine your eternity when you die. No wonder the devil attacks the church. For two reasons. Either to bring you to a place where you will miss heaven. And make you religious so that you are still going to church and you think you are still serving God, whereas you are no more. Like this people of Ephesus. Or, he will try to ridicule you, maybe he will frustrate you. And take your, early, your first love from you. But we discover that in this book of uh, Revelation, letter to the Ephesians, the Bible says these guys were great people. Great deed, hard work. Persevere. They do not compromise with wicked people. They don't have friends who are, you know, useless people. Boss of the same feathers love together. They don't just go to listen to any minister or go to kneel down to any minister to lay hands on them. There are Christians who do that. If you hear that somebody is a prophet, you go and lay your hands. Whereas it's a medium. Or he has just come out of a woman upon whom he committed adultery. You don't know him from Adam. These are the days that you don't just go to anybody call the man of God to pray for you. You must know them. My own friends that I know for a long time, they pass through London. Apostles, I'm here. I say, God bless you. Oh, you are my friend. You are, God bless you. One of them has said me that, but you won't you invite me to your church? I said, I didn't know you yesterday. I used to know you. And what has happened in the church of God over the years terrified me. Especially when they begin to expose some of them who have been sleeping with members of their church for years. For years. One of them met me and said to me that, did you hear about the scandal that they said about me? I said, what scandal? Oh, he said that they are doing, saying this scandal and God is still using me. I'm filling the stadium. And I look into his eyes and I say, my friend, that's the reason why it's not a scandal. I have heard it from credible source. And you know I was a witness when we were together. And I warned you. If a person misbehaves or contravenes God and it is exposed, what that person is supposed to do to save his head from hell is to bend down his knees in, in tears and cry for mercy. A person who thinks that he can put up a defense when you have been living reckless life before God, that person already has Go to the place of no repentance. He can never be forgiven. Because that is blasphemous against the Holy Spirit. So therefore, these people were great men who do not, you know, work with uh, evildoers. Evildoers are not people outside the church. They are people who come to church. Alright? These evildoers are talking about. How do you know evildoer? Anybody who by their discussion with you, they take you to the things that God says you shouldn't do. Proverbs chapter 6. Alright? 
What you know is ungodly. That's what they want to talk about. That's what they want to do. That's all. Anytime you want to go out to, to work, that, to church, that's where they come. Anytime you want to pray, that's where you see them or they phone you. They are evildoers. They do not follow righteous teaching. He said, you test every minister, number five. And you do not accept those who are false. Number six, you endure hardship for the sake of, of the name of Jesus. These are not people who are having hardship just for hardship's sake. But they are having hardship for the sake of the defense of the name of Jesus. I say you never grow weary. I'm not praying. He's saying to those people that they never grow weary. You know, I went through a scripture this morning on enduring hardship. Not every hardship is from God. But there are some hardship from God. Look at the book of 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 7. How can you know when you are suffering that it is from God? Or it is a punishment for your disobedience. It says, dear friend, verse 12, Do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though someone strange were, something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the suffering of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Jesus, that is one suffering, you are blessed. But if you are insulted because of your misbehavior and ungodliness, you are being rebuked. It says, for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. That's why they insult you for the name of Jesus. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief. Or any other kind of criminal act, or even a medal, as a medal. When a Christian suffers, it must not be because of your misbehavior, or because of your contravention of God's laws you suffer. If you suffer for that, this is not the suffering called trial. That is a reprimand from God. And the key to that is to ask for mercy. And repent from what you are doing wrong. However, verse 16. If you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed. But praise God that you bear that name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the family of God. Come on now. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome? What will the outcome be? For those who do not obey the gospel of God. If you don't obey the Bible, the outcome is terrible. 
The outcome is terrible. You cannot take the grace of God for granted. Come on. That is levity. Really, it is undermining God. Disrespectful seriously to God. Now, God told us yesterday, we must really appraise ourselves. Who are you really worshipping? God calls it a service for a time. You stroll in at your time. Who is your God? He's not the God of Israel. If you do that to him. You cannot insult God and go and beg him to bless you. There was a man called Zechariah. He was barren to his old age. And the Bible says he was a righteous man. Luke 1 from 5. But the Bible says when the time came for the opening of the service, the leaders gathered long before the priest. That is the high priest. High priest must not come and then a leader is walking in. It cannot be. That is disrespectful to that priesthood. Disrespectful. And it is disrespectful to the God of the house. Zechariah came as usual on time with the heart to come and prepare the temple of God for the priest. He's not the one officiating. He came on the day of the Lord like a Sunday like this, but he came earlier so that they can take care of the altar, they can take care of the church, they can take care of everything, make sure everything is working. Like some people gather here an hour today to start praying from that 7 o'clock till 7.30, praying for this meeting. Do you think God will bless you who come late like you bless them? Impossible. It cannot be. It is totally impossible for God to do that. Somebody who does not care about the things of God, want God to care about him, you think about it. Think about it. Somebody thought of, this place should be ready before the man of God come. Clean this place yesterday. Those who clean, come to clean it, yet they don't pay, we don't pay anyone to clean the house of God. It is not right. Except for industrial stuff. Some people came in in the morning to make sure that every department is in place. Alright? They gather themselves together and breathe themselves in preparation for the visitation of God. Haven't they members clustered about praying for God to manifest? To bless this meeting. Okay? And then, somebody walked in, like a daisically. You are not worshipping God. You are not even serving God at all, I tell you. Fact. You better don't come to church at all. Than to treat God like that. You can't treat your earthly father like that. Neither can you treat your boss like that. Your maker demands the best from you. If Zechariah missed that day, his wife would die barren. God has appointed a day to visit. It is like a student that they will just call your test in the class to know the students who are really brilliant. Not the one day, oh, the advertised exam day, and you are all reading garbage in, garbage out. When I was in primary school, 
Secondary school, they will just, the teacher will just come today and he will give you paper and you do the test. That's how they test you. So, we were not students. That's the reason why what I read 35, 40 years ago, 45 years ago, I still know it till today. I still know it till today. And that is the attitude that has followed me now. The thing I study in university now, I don't forget it. Sometimes I share them with you. Because we are taught to study, not to pass exam, but to know. The Bible tells you to be prepared in season and out of season. What is your preparation for today? What informed your spirit today? Why are you really here, by the way? If it's for God, yesterday night did you start praying about this meeting? Do you have communion with him concerning this business he's doing today, this morning? Have you asked him to heal? Have you asked him to restore? Do you have a curiosity in your heart to be a blessing to God? If you don't, you are not serving God. You are serving yourself. Yourself has become your God if you do that. It was because the career was in the leader's prayer, they cast a lot, it fell on him. His wife got reward from the faithfulness of the husband. The husband doesn't come to church and the wife is dragging his feet coming later. The wife doesn't come to church and the husband is coming. Hey, look, let me say this to you. Do you know that you can't have excuse for coming late to church? If you, had, if you wanted to come to church and you start feeling heavy headache, what do you think happened to you? The devil is trying to rob you. That's it. Why did you not have that headache before when you don't have to go to church? You went to work throughout the week, you didn't have headache. When you want to go to church, your head is gonging. If you truly know God, where will you go? Somebody one day who is not part of you, but who watches me on television was sick. That person said, if I can sit on the chair that man sits, I will be healed. And the person came to this church and went straight to my chair, sat there in the day. Instantly, he was, she was healed. Instantly, she was healed. She now joined the church. Listen to me. If anything will be an excuse for you to treat God in a like a way. You lost it completely. You have become just a religious person, not a God server. You have no interest of the God you profess yourself. Let me say something to you. My daughter was sick one day. And she had this terrible pain. Headache, I think excruciating one. She didn't tell me. And she was sitting right at the back. Okay? But she came to the service even crying with tears. And suddenly the Spirit of the Lord came upon me. And I said, there's somebody who is sitting over there who is having a headache. He's gone in the name of the Lord. Instantly, it seemed as if they lifted up a heavy block from her head. She shook her head like this. Ha! Ha! Was totally healed. 
She now came to me and said, Daddy, I was the person. I can't believe it. I said, what did you tell me? I was sick one day. And I was preaching for five days on this pulpit. When I lay with my wife, my body burns her. So she can't touch me. Because when I leave the pulpit, it was flu. I will be having, as I told you, all, excruciating, bone aching me, everything aching me. Will I, how would you feel? Apostle said, I couldn't come to preach today because I am knocked down by flu. What will be your thoughts? What is the agreement we sign with God? We serve him dead or alive. First day, I prayed and God healed the sick. But when I sit down here, everything will come back to me. I will go home. I never told anybody, only my wife knew it. Second day I came, I went to the... Once it's my turn to preach, I will go to the pulpit. People can only recognize that I sit that way you are praising. Because the whole of my body is aching me. I refuse to pray about it. You know why my attitude is like that? It is his body. Whatever it permits there, everything has expired days. On the fifth day, as I said, every infirmity, live in the name of Jesus. Something like a heat in the form of my body. Hoops out of me instantly from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet. All pains vanished. That was how I was healed. Listen to me. Who are you serving? Who is your God? Now, when you suffer, for you to know that that suffering is not a punishment for sin, you must be a righteous man. A righteous man is a man who takes God serious, who serves Him faithfully, not in his own way, in the Bible way. Let me tell you something. We left the church yesterday. I read till 3.30 this morning. I went to bed, quarter to four. And I put my alarm at 5. But mommy's alarm woke me at 4.30. I understand that. I want to sleep till 5. Believing that by 5, I will have gained at least 45 minutes sleep. To be able to face this day. But your alarm woke me at 4. What do I have to do? Get up. Okay? And I'll go for strength. I will minister three services. I have an assignment that my lecturer wrote me and said he, he gave me an extension till tonight. I have done the assignment. I read the words of my assignment. I have written about 3,500 words for an assignment of, really I wrote 9,000 words for an assignment of 2,000 words. 9,000 words. I, can, I received the original. If you want to have a look, I can give it to you straight away. Now, the major problem is how can I reduce assignment of 9,000 words to 2,000 words and still have meaning? It's harder than writing assignment. To write is not my problem. If you love the Bible and you can read the Bible very well and you can understand the Bible, any lecture you will understand. If you don't know the Bible well, you won't know academics. The entrance of your word brings light. 
So now here am I. After the third service, I will hold meeting with Pastor Anibaba. He will come here after his own service. Then I will have a brief time to do the other assignment I should submit tonight. Apart from the major one, the one for this week has come out. And I will go to the youth dinner. And I cannot go home today to sleep because the people who have answered the previous questions, the question of Saturday, I was supposed to submit on Saturday, you know, my lecturer gave me extension. All right. I will have to read what they submitted and read all the references they made in their claim. And by tomorrow morning, I must start to answer to those claims. Either I disagree. And then quote references that I read to make me disagree or case laws. In my, in my assignment for today, I have quoted more than 100 cases. I will show it to you if you want to see it. You know why I'm saying this to you? No, I will have said that I'm tired. Who sent me? Unto who do I report my life? He who can destroy my life and cast my soul to hell forever, then I will give him the best. Why? What happened to Ephesian church? The Bible says Ephesian church loved God so much. And so God took them to the highest height. Manifestation of healing. Del it, deliverance ministry is a, you know, one, of the, one of the main things in Ephesian church. Because they were so much into it to the extent that Paul has to teach them. Warfare, I don't think there was anybody who prayed like them. Alright? To the place that Paul has to teach them about all the spiritual stuff. But what gave them that blessing? Love of God. They love God more than themselves. They love God more than their wife. They love God more than their husband. They love God more than their work. They love God more than their business. So, they never miss church work. Always on the streets, preaching the gospel. In their offices, getting blessed, getting promoted. They can never be put down in their office because God will not permit such to happen. This is a flourishing church. A church of power. A church very blessed. There is no impossibility with them. Until, after God blessed them, they became complacent and began to treat God anyhow. When they began to treat God anyhow, they fell. They fell. Their deeds were still there, but God had departed. They still come to church, but God does not accept their worship. They walk into service at any time they like. They close at any time they like. They do not respect the presence of God. They do not honor the altar of God anymore. They forsook their first law. Remedy. Number one. Remember the high from where you have fallen. I want everyone in this church to think of where you used to be many years ago before God. What has happened to you now? What has happened to you now? Number two. Return to your first love. And number three, hate false religion. Doctrine of Nicolaitan. The Nicolaitan 
is a Nicolaitanism is a compromise with pagan paganistic doctrine. We believe that spiritual liberty gives you a leeway to practice idolatry and sexual immorality. If you are not married, don't ever kiss anybody. Mouth to mouth. It is fornication. Talk less. Go to bed and defy yourself with a person you are not married to. It is fornication. Never lost after a man or a woman. It is fornication. And if you are married, that shouldn't even be hard. It's adultery. So, Nicolaitanism is an easy believism type of Christianity. In Paganon, these Nicolaitans, they hold the teachings of Balaam, and in Titara, they were followers of the woman called Jezebel. Traditionally, these people were identified to have emerged from, the, from Deacon Nicholas, who was a deacon in the book of Acts chapter 6 verse 5. Deacon Nicholas was ordained on the same day Philip and Stephen were ordained as leaders. Nicholas became a person who watered down Christianity and set up an easy believism. You can sleep with anybody, it doesn't matter. That doesn't affect your religion. It doesn't affect salvation. You can be reckless in your tongue. You see, even now, some people are believing that men sleeping with men, women sleeping with women, they will go to heaven. I don't know the, the other type of heaven than hell. If for that reason God sent sulfur to kill human beings at the beginning, come on now. He said it in Jude, that that sulfur is prepared for them when they die. I would mean that. Oh, you were born to be stupid? That would not be your own portion. He said they are born like that. What is the benefit of faithfulness? He says, he, verse 7, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to, the, to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Let me say this to you in closing. God is pleading to you now. Respond to his plea. When I, I will go through the book of Ephesians for you. Not today. But within this month. Because this month, that's all I'll be preaching. To help everybody to come back to what they ought to be. Any one of us can die any minute. I don't cry for people when they die. Either they die young or old. It can't bring tears to my eyes. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. It is appointed for all men to die but once. That is the reason why when I stand before you, I will not spare the truth. If you live according to the laws, if you die any time, you enter heaven. What are we crying for? If a man fears God and serves God, God takes care of him. Which means that if you are faithful and you die at any time, he is the one who said, come. It doesn't matter. But if we are not sure, we will weep. We pray that Lord, we don't know where he's gone. We don't know where he's gone. Help those who still remain. I recognize that in church, when a young man dies, you see everybody, sitting up, in church, they will be attending service. Those who have been wandering away, they will come back. Because I want to leave them for a few months. 
they go back into their coma. The reason is because what you need to do, every one of us, is to truly love God. So those of you who are serving in different capacity, don't you think you are serving for anybody? You are serving for yourself. If any one of you drop whatever you are doing, I can guarantee you, the one who called me will replace you with seven people. It has happened, it will happen again and again. You came by my prayer. Others will by the same prayer. But let me say this to you, therefore. Those of you who are in departments, because I have to leave you, we'll talk more about that. I read this admonition to you. For the leadership, write this down. Yes. Hebrews thirteen seventeen. Obey your leaders, church. There is anybody appointed over you. Submit to the authority. Don't confront any leader. Even if they are younger than you in age. Okay? God put them there. It is not by age we are appointed leaders in church. Alright? Don't undermine them because of their age. It says they watch over us or over you as men who must give account one day. Are you leaders listening to me? Elders, pastors, deacons, deaconesses, heads of the department, you will give accounts one day. So God is speaking here about to those who are being led and those who are leading. That those who lead in the house of God must lead as an example. People will give account one day. Before God. Then the Bible says, obey them so that their work will not be, their, their work will be a joy, not a burden. Obey me in this church. So that you will not create burden for me. I should not be doing your work. If you let me do your work, you will reduce the blessing you get from this pulpit. And I will do it if it is left undone. Every leader is, is appointed to watch over this house. Make sure everything is working. No leadership. Leader in church is not boss. It's servant. Servant. What made me appoint any leader is because of your service. So what happened to you then? I haven't been appointed. You mattered. That's why we appointed you. Now, do you still matter? Obey them as they are, as, so that their work will, not, will, will be a joy, not a body. For that will be of no advantage to you who didn't obey. Now, instruction direct to leaders. Hebrews 13, 7. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their ways, of their way of life, and imitate their faith. Are you a leader that could be imitated by others? When they come to pray every day at 6, where were you? 
They know those of them who used to come to the meeting, but when they, their work changed, they understand that the work of that leader changed. Because some of them in that their late work, they will soon come from that work to meet them before they close. Listen to me, there is no partiality in church. Appointment in church is not about how long you have been here. That could be part of the qualities we look at. But you can be here for donkey years and I will not ordain you till death. Because show me what you are useful for. For me to appoint somebody, it means I'm relieving my calling upon your hand. I won't relieve my calling upon the hand of a lazy person. And if I appoint you and you begin to show laziness, what should I do? Remove you. So that God will not punish you. And that's a just thing to do. You need to know this. You are appointed in church to lead as an example. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Shall we rise up on our feet, please? We want to pray for ourselves that the Lord will strengthen our spirit and help our hearts so that we will not fail in our duty. Lift up your voice and pray. Let us ask God for strength. I want to really pray because that is part of what I've just taught you now. When you are talking to God, others are talking to God. You must be talking to God too. Seriously. This is a serious business. Pray for yourself that God will help you to obey and to, to please Him. God will give you a heart that fear Him. That take Him serious. That you don't take God common. That God will restore the first love into our hearts. Into our spirits. Because we give account of God of our stewardship. Everybody has assignment in the house of God. Either you are a member or you are a leader. Tell God, help me. Help me. Oh Lord my King. Father, we pray thee. Father, we pray thee. Let's pray for our young ones. The Bible says, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, when evil day has not come. Let's pray for our old one. He said, The old man will dream dreams and bring direction to the younger one. Father, we pray thee. Let us ask God, help me in my stewardship. Do not let the cares of this world destroy me. Do not let the things of this world destroy me. Help me to be faithful to you. God can do everything. He can do anything for man. But do you love him more than this? Do you love him more than this? If you have power to
to help somebody who is a very dear person to you. Will you not help him? So why is God denying you help? It's because your love life with him is, is not good. It's faulty. <coughs> Cry to God and ask him for mercy. I want to live and please you, O oh God. I want to live and please you, O oh God. Tell the Lord. Father, we bless your holy name. In Jesus' anointed name we have prayed. Lord, I pray for this household. The spirits of apathy, I cast it out in the name of Jesus. Pride that enters into a man to the place where he will pray before his God. Father, I kill it in the name of Jesus Christ. It is an opportunity to be a servant of God. For service. To be a leader in the house of God. For service. A leader must know Bible more than those he leads. A leader must know God more than the people he leads. A leader must encounter God more than the people he is leading. Oh Lord. Every leader you appointed in the Bible, you empower them. But one of them wrecked your power. Called Nicholas. To the place whereby you won the church against him. Certainly he must be in hell. Today. Empower us in our service of God. Give every leader in this house. The same heart that you had Lord Jesus. That we will love you more than all this. Let the lives of our leadership be an example of faith. In punctuality, in commitment, in service, in prayer, in the word. Help our leaders to be in the front. Lord, I pray for the members. The oil poured upon the head of Aaron. So to the caller. The Lord took out of the spirit he placed upon Moses and he placed upon them. At whatever age these people are, all of them that I'm older than them, the spirit that was upon me at the age they, they are now, let it rest upon them. Amen. Because from infant, I knew the Lord. As a young boy, I would run to the altar to clean the altar with fear. Let it come upon the young ones in this hour. But those who are older, I pray, the grace upon me and the heart will give me now, let it come upon everybody. So that everybody can manifest in the grace of heaven, which you have apportioned to them. You know, Lord, that I mind, I'm mindful of spiritual things than any physical thing. The only thing I can give that can take any pursuit from me is pursuit for God's spirit. I can give it out for anything. Let that desire enter everybody. Father, your promise with Christ with Tabernacle fulfilled in all these people. Amen. That we may rejoice in your name. Amen. In Jesus' holy and anointed name we are praying with thanksgiving. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Take your
just this for a few minutes before I go. Let me say to Martha, man, because there is going to be a shift next year. Everything I told you about Brexit is what the government is now saying. My false paper I delivered on Brexit. My judgment is that the government of this country, and I told you, have no way out but to be in single market. I'm going to hold a, a seminar. Some of you who are in various trades like economics and, and you know, um, directors and stuff have been coming back to me now with resources. Because I said everybody, medical doctors, I want to, to go and research how will Brexit, how has Brexit affected the medicals in this country? And 